Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Monique Hom of Real Estate Investor Goddesses. And on this show, I interview incredible, badass, amazing real estate investing women to share their stories, their triumphs, their mistakes, and their best advice with us. And I am super excited to have the incredible Alina Trigub with us today. She's the founder and managing partner of Samo Financial. It's a boutique private equity firm specializing in helping a select group of people with real estate investing through wealth preservation and tax strategies. She's the founder of two meetup groups in New York and New Jersey named The Power of Passive Investing Through Real Estate. In addition, she offers educational webinars in collaboration with various administrators of self-directed IRA companies, and she's helped her clients to acquire and invest in over 1,187 apartments, over 500 storage units, and over $5 million in mobile home parks. So excited to have her with us today. Welcome, Alina. Thank you, Monique. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you here. And I'm going to totally fess up on something stupid that I did. This is actually my second interview with Alina because I interviewed her before. She was so awesome and amazing. And then something messed up with the recording and I lost it. So we're do- so she's so graciously <laughs> agreed to come back. And because I've interviewed her already, I know you're going to be super excited by what she has to share with us today. So, Alina, thank you again for being no worries. so gracious. It's my pleasure. It's actually fun talking to you, so it's a pleasure <laughs> to be here, Mindy. Oh, well, the pleasure is all mine. So in this podcast, we always share stories of how you got started. So how did you get started in real estate investing? Sure. So hi, everyone. So my name is Alina Trigup, and as Monique mentioned, I started out about five or six years ago, but uh, let me give you a little history of what was before that. I started my career as a tax accountant with Ernst & Young many moons ago, and I, I never liked accounting, so I left the field and went into software development. And while in software development, while being in corporate world, I realized that we're all, for the most part, dealing with other people. So in order to achieve anything in this life, you need to be able to work with any kind of people and be the people person. So that's the most important thing. So while working my corporate career, I was always looking for ways to save on taxes, preserve wealth, and find sources of passive income. I always thought of real estate, but haven't taken action for a long time. So finally, about five, six years ago, I decided to take action and started doing my research. And then my research came across the world of syndications. The topic and the way the niche itself looked incredibly interesting, so I started digging further and then finally took an action and invested in my first syndication about five years ago as an equity partner, limited or passive investor, all equally identical terms. And I was just fascinated how great it was. I was considered a real estate investor. I was saving in taxes, preserving my wealth, and getting passive income. All I had to do is to take the brochure about the investment itself, review it, do my research on a syndicator, on a market, and then investment itself, and then that's it. Then decide if I want to invest in it, and after that, my job was done. So literally, doing that research, I felt that it was secret that Nobody knew that no one was sharing, and I wanted to change that. And out of it, an idea of my own company was born. 
So about a year and a half ago, I started my own company, Samo Financial, that concentrate on purely helping other people to passively invest in real estate and do it without any interruption to their daily life so other folks can also preserve their wealth, save on taxes, and make some passive income on the side. And that's what I've been doing ever since. I love that. So I want to go back a little bit because I want to know, you know, you said you found out about this, you were thinking about it for several years. What actually made you do the jump? What actually made you finally take action? So when I did enough research and analysis, enough in my eyes, of course, again, you know, having an accounting background makes me more of being an analysis paralysis kind of person. So Mm -hmm. when I felt that was enough, uh, when I learned about the deal sponsor, the deal itself, and the market, and felt comfortable with the overall package, all of the three components I mentioned, then I decided that I can do the jump. I actually, in addition to that, so I asked for an opinion from other people that have been invested for a while. So I asked for their opinion as well on a deal, and when I got a green light, I went into it. But I have to admit that after the first one, it became relatively easy. The first one was the hardest just because it was like, uh, you know, jumping into the ocean for the first time. Like there's so much of unknown. Yeah, very, very scary. But after that, the second and the third and so forth came so naturally that I don't even remember much about I only remember about the first one for the most part. Yeah. I think that's true about other people that are investing in real estate, whatever niche they're in. You always remember your first one. After that, it's kind of all blends in. Yeah, it's definitely it's like that first one when you finally, like, dip, you've been dipping your toe, or you've been looking at the water, looking at the water, looking at the water, and finally you're like, okay, I'm ready to dive. Yep. And then you just yep. do it. And then you realize that it is great. <laughs> like, ooh, the yeah. waterfall's nice. It's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I'm a big fan of syndication, and I'm a syndicator myself. And I I think three things that you said that I want to highlight, which are so important for people who are thinking about syndicating, is you looked at the three perfect things. The first thing is the syndicators themselves, like who are the people doing the deal. I'm feeling really comfortable with them because they are running your deal, and it's really they're the most important component. And then looking at the market. Yep. And um, and if it's a good component, and then looking at the actual property and that deal, and then their plan around the deal. But all those three things in that order are really like those are that's what you need to know. So that's awesome. Yep. So what are you currently working on? Right now, I'm evaluating several deals. Not working on anything specifically, but evaluating several deals to see whether they potentially fit for my investors. And so the way I work, just to explain uh, to your audience, is a lot of deals come my way and evaluate them for all of the same things, pretty much the deal sponsor, the market, and the investment itself. And when all of the three components check off, in my view, and when I think that they have enough investors for this deal, then I would go and jump into it and decide to invest personally and bring my investors to the deal. Uh, So I do evaluate a lot of deals, but I don't jump into a lot of them because given where we are in the market, I'm trying to be more cautious and not jump into every single deal. Just make sure that the deal looks like can sustain for economy. Only in that case, I will jump on it and decide to work and bring my investors in. Yeah. Totally get that. I think for for us, maybe one out of every eight or nine deals we'll say yes to. 
So you've done a couple of different asset classes. You've done apartments and um, mobile home parks and and self-storage. So why do you like those particular asset classes, and what are you liking right now? Sure. So when I originally started out, I started with multifamily just like everyone else. And for me personally, it was too close to home. I lived in apartment buildings in the past, and I knew this asset class inside out. I knew what to expect and how to look at it and evaluate. So when I see a typical bread and butter multifamily, and when I say bread and butter, I don't mean the two extremes, you know, the really bad neighborhoods or the really good neighborhoods. The bread and butter were working class lives where people, you know, will always need to live because they need a roof on their heads. Those are the type of apartments that they want, close to highways, close to shopping, access to major metro areas, access to major industries, major jobs, and so forth. And after I invested in a few multifamilies, uh, and after speaking to a few of my investors, I realized that now it was time to diversify and bring in more asset classes. And so the next asset class I looked at was cell storage. Again, I took my time to evaluate it and see whether the cell storage was um, the asset that we wanted to invest in. And it actually looked like it was one of the safest asset classes that performs much better than other asset classes during the recession. So we decided to jump on that. And the last one, or the last one we jumped on was mobile home parks. And again, I took time to evaluate it and actually found out that the notion that everyone has that mobile home parks are these dilapidated houses that are going to collapse the next time the wind comes their way is not true at all. They're actually very, very different, and they look like a typical home. It's just a lot more compressed, and they offer homes to people that cannot afford very high rent prices in the expensive areas, places like Arizona, for example. So these mobile home parks do pretty well. These are really nice communities of families and senior citizens living them and living them for a very long time. And when these mobile homes are owned by the tenants, uh, they look even better because the tenants feel the pride of ownership and they want to make them look good. So those are the type of mobile homes and mobile home parks communities that we normally go in. Or if the park is owned by the park itself, then what we try to do is we try to offer them to the tenants to make sure that the tenants buy them and then uh, start preserving them as something of their own. And so those are the asset classes that I've jumped in. And lately, I started researching a new asset class, uh, senior living. I haven't made the move or the jump yet. I'm still more or less in the research phase, but that's potentially another asset class that I'm looking into uh, just because the number of aging population is increasing all the time, and there are a lot more opportunities, even locally for me in New Jersey, to potentially invest in something locally because I haven't had such luck yet. Everything else that we own is someplace else, more or less southeast. So it would be great to have an investment closer to home. And I'm thinking that if it's a senior living, that potentially we may find something close to home and invest here as well. Great. So that's I right. love it. A lot of good cash flow asset classes that you're into. And it's great to hear your thinking process behind the different asset classes that you're into. So amazing. Now, we're going to switch gears a little bit because I always ask my guests, what was your biggest mistake and what did you learn from it? Because I know that we learn so much more when things don't go right than we do when things do. So what was your biggest mistake and what did you learn from it? 
So before I actually became the real estate investor about eight to nine years ago, we bought a property in the Philly area and we literally jumped on it, my husband and I, uh, just because our friends were buying. We didn't do much research or analysis, just, you know, friends were buying. It, it looked like a good market, good opportunity. We jumped on it. We went through evictions, court orders, stolen uh, pipes property been broken into so everything you name it so it was a good yeah. learning curve experience yeah we lost on the property uh, but uh, we were very happy when we got rid of it but you know after that i learned that um whatever you do make sure you do due diligence and put enough time and effort into analyzing it before taking the jump yes such great lesson Yep. Due diligence is key. And for those who may not know exactly know what due diligence is, that's just really checking into the property and the team before you purchase. And a lot of times, especially when you come from expensive areas, like we do, you're in New Jersey, New York area, it's an expensive area. I'm in Los Angeles. And sometimes when you come from these expensive areas, you, your eyes get so big because the prices are yeah. so cheap in comparison. You go, Ooh, you know, exactly. Like, exactly. Like I can buy like ten of these for the price of yep. one house where I exactly. live, and so you get super excited by the cheap price tag, but then you end up buying yourself quite a big problem. So it's really important to do your due diligence on the area, make sure it's a nice area, and and then the property itself. So great lessons. All right. So on the flip side of you know, your biggest mistake. What are you most proud of? I would say the new friends that I found in the world of real estate. I made so many new friends and potential partners that I could never think of. And just like the old saying goes that you are the total of the five people that surround you, I can proudly say that I have much more than five people around me that are very strong, great, friends, supporters, investors, and just people I can always call upon if I have any questions or need support or anything, and, you know, and vice versa. We all kind of help each other. We call it mastermind. It's not a mastermind in a typical sense of the word, but it's still a mastermind for us because we jump on the call every month and we talk to each other and we help and support each other in any way we can. So I'm really happy about that. Mm, that's so great. And I... I have to say, I love real estate people too. <laughs> yes, I'm there's something good, yeah. about real estate people, and it's like wherever they are in the country, we have different politics and different things, but it's just something I love about them. So, to what do you attribute your success? I would say persistence, dedication, and just to never giving up, always moving forward. Mm, so good. Yeah. I think that's probably the key to success for everybody. And what advice do you have for a woman who's just starting out in this field? I would say the same thing. Be persistent, educate yourself, and surround yourself with people that have the drive and desire to succeed, with people that know their why, people that know why they're doing it and will never give up no matter what. Yeah, that part about surrounding yourself with great people is so important. It really, it really does make a difference. And you had mentioned before too the masterminding, and that, I think that's also super valuable and helpful for Agreed. just about anyone. Yeah. 
And what do you wish you'd known at the beginning that you now know? I would say I wish I knew that this field is not as scary and unachievable as a lot of people think. So I would say stay true to the course, continue moving forward, regardless whether you take baby steps or large steps, just keep moving forward and you will get to your final destination no matter how long it takes. Just stay true to the course. Yeah, so good. I love that. It's not as scary as you think. You can do this. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I would also add something that you did at the beginning, which was really get educated and, you know, learn learn what you can before. Not so, so much that you don't take action, because it is important that you actually, yeah, like, yeah. dive in and you take some steps. You know, once you're educated, then that is, that's the key. So Agreed. before we get into our famed end of show trinity, which is our brag, our gratitude, and our desire, what is the best way for people to connect with you? They can find me on social media through my website, samofinancial.com, or my email is alina at samofinancial.com, or on LinkedIn or Facebook. And Samo is S-A-M-O, financial.com. So you can find her there. And then there's an exciting thing happening June 20th. I think right? so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be going to New York to speak at Alina's Meetup. So I'll, awesome. I'll, post, I'll be posting information underneath this podcast. So if Many you quests. are in the area and you can come, um, I'd love to meet you. And you can be part of Alina's incredible meetup group, too. Thank you. Yeah, Minik, we're so looking forward to have you in on our meetup present. We have a lot of people really ex- excited to hear you speak so it should be great for anyone interested we're going to be in the city somewhere in midtown i'll post the details and share the information with monique okay awesome so save the date (laughs) um all right so now it's time for your trinity what is your brag so my brag is i if you look at my business card i mean they haven't seen it but if you look at my business card it has Warren Buffett's expression. It says that someone is sitting in the shade today because someone else had planted a tree a long time ago. I try to live by that expression. Every time I help someone, whether it's investor uh, who is getting passive income now or whether it's someone in real estate starting out or intermediate or whatever else, that the sense of gratification is always something that I enjoy getting. So that's the best bragged that mm. for, for me is yeah well well bragged it's awesome how you are helping so many other people planting all those trees absolutely Amazing. and what are you grateful for i'm grateful for my family my, my husband my kids i mean without their support i would not be here today without their help and support so i'm really grateful for that beautiful And last but not least, what is one thing you desire? My biggest desire is um, for everyone to have an abundance mindset. I think it's really important for people to understand that the abundance mindset 
it's not what you don't have it's what you have and, and it's how you perceive it so yeah. the relationship and the conversations we have today about money and with the money is actually a lot more impactful than we think they are and that's why if you concentrate on the positive and if you concentrate on saying i already have what i needed to have and i'm grateful for everything i have in life then you know it will come to you naturally it's not a magic bullet but obviously you need to put in the, the hard work but uh, changing your mindset and saying that your glass is half full rather than half empty will definitely set you uh, on the right road and you'll be able to get to see the light at the end of the tunnel much faster So your desires to have everyone have a more abundant mindset. Well, so shall your desire be or so much better than you can imagine under grace and in perfect ways. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. Yes. Love that Trinity. And I loved having you again for the second time. <laughs> It's my pleasure. It would be happy to do it the third time also. <laughs> All right. Well, I can't be come back. But not for this exact thing. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you again, Alina. That was amazing. And thanks to you all listening out there. You can connect with Alina. It's A-L-I-N-A, Trigub, T-R-I-G-U-B, on social media or at samofinancial.com, S-A-M-O, financial.com, and you can connect with her there. You can connect with me at reigoddesses.com. Um, there you can um, click on Investor Club and get on the list to find out about our passive investing opportunities and about different events that are coming up. So, and subscribe to this podcast so you can get more amazing real estate investor goddess interviews. Bye-bye. Um.